Hello and welcome to Logical, wherever in the world you're listening. This is the regular weekly podcast from the Dubai-based law firm HPL, Yamalova and Plethka. Still the Gulf region's first and only legal podcast. I'm Tim Elliott, here at the offices of Yamalova and Plethka with the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalova. Lovely to see you. Good to see you too, Tim. Good to have you along. Now, Logical is a weekly chance to consider legal questions particular to the UAE. And you're always welcome if you're listening now thinking, there is something on my mind. Get in touch for legal answers. The best way to find us is via lylawyers.com. Now, in this edition, the laws surrounding cohabitation in the UAE. Now, Ludmilla, finding an affordable place to live when you first arrive in a big city can be hard. Lots of us have been through it. It can be expensive, which is why so many city dwellers in the big cities of the world, London, New York, Paris, wherever it is, have roommates. However, the issue has been a subject of continuous debate and speculation locally. So let's break it down. Is it legal or not for a male and a female to become roommates in the UAE? In short, unless the male and the female are married, it is technically speaking not legal for them to cohabit um, in the same space. Mm. That's the short a- answer. Uh, so therefore, uh, obviously married couples and um, all of their extended family, first, second degree families, they, they can cohabit under the same roof. Uh, but um, uh, those are of opposite sexes um, unless they are unless they're brother and sister. So if they are relatives, um, then they can. Uh, but if they're unrelated, then that is technically speaking under the law not allowed. Okay, so who would be penalized in the case of an unmarried male or female cohabiting as roommates? Both. Right. And um, and obviously the circumstances of that co- uh, cohabitation are important. Uh, if they're just cohabiting, i.e. they're just roommates, uh, perhaps penalties are going to be of one uh, one type, but if they are in fact in a relationship and they're living together, uh, that's something else. So the penalty would be different, uh, and um, this it, it can, in short, lead to criminal sanctions, and ultimately, again, depending on the uh, extent of their relationship and the circumstances under which perhaps they're apprehended, if you will, uh, the there could be also penalty of deportation from the UAE. Okay, what are the situations such as two or more men, or, or by the same token, two or more women cohabiting, sharing a house or, or maybe an apartment? Yes, that is allowed, uh, though legally speaking there are some nuances to uh, as to how that particular landlord-slash-tenant relationship is structured. So right. for a number of women um, or a number of men, or in other words, um, those of the same sex, they can legally cohabit uh, and um, share an apartment or a house. Uh, However, in terms of their relationship with the landlord, it's not really uh, customary or even legally allowed. For example, for let's say five women are renting a villa together, the the parties to the agreement with the landlord will just have to be one person. So in other words, you cannot have five people sign the agreement with the landlord for that villa. So in a way, what ends up happening is that, for example, it's five women. One of them signs the agreement with the landlord, and the other four ultimately become um, sub-lessees of the property. So they sublet from the woman that is on the contract. That's typically how it's structured here. And um, for a number of reasons, landlords won't really entertain 
uh, signing that same one agreement with five uh, people, for example, in that context. So there's nothing in the law that allows for a specific number of people to live together per se? Uh, there are certain laws that limit the number of people that can live in uh, physically in specific property. In other words, you cannot, for example, have one bedroom and have 20 men living in that one bedroom. Uh, so the general law is it's about uh, one person per uh, per 10 square meters or 100 square feet. Right. Uh, but also it depends on the community. Uh, different communities have different regulations related to that particular requirement or and usually it's municipality or community regulation. So for example, um, there are some communities that are mainly family communities. They will disallow expressly, to, for example, for a number of men to cohabit together, you know, it's a, a number of men. So it's you know, two or three, for example, for a two-bedroom is okay, but if you have a one-bedroom, you cannot have more than, let's say, two men living um, in it. And that's uh, for the reasons because, in as you, as you said in the beginning, uh, rents are expensive, and um, there are a lot of people here that obviously are here to earn a living and save some money. So however they can save money, they do. And often what companies do as well is that they will hire, they will rent an apartment and they will place their workers or their employees in that apartment. And as a result, they're trying to, they try to maximize the use of that particular property and, and house as many people as possible. So what you may end up having is a, a one bedroom apartment that, that is hosting 10 or 15 men in it. And obviously for a number of societal reasons, uh, and legally, uh, it's, um, it's the certain communities that want to preclude that kind of arrangement, uh, perhaps because of the demographics of that specific community. There are very specific laws, aren't there, over building code and how, I guess, living environments have to be constructed, have to be partitioned, in, in other words. Uh, yes, and um, I mean generally, it's it's a one. It's you know, if it's a one bedroom, you can only really house two, a maximum two people that are unrelated in that uh, one bedroom. Uh, though um, much of it comes down to enforcement. Um, we have seen a number of cases where people will rent the one bedroom and partition it into uh, ten small areas. Uh, so that's much more about enforcement um, than uh, um, the, you know than the law. Uh, so if um, many communities like this and many properties like this exist and people live happily without any incidents, but technically speaking, it's uh, you know if it's a one bedroom, it can really only house two two people. If it's a two bedroom, uh, maximum four people, and so on and so forth. You mentioned that when it comes to a lease agreement or a rental uh, agreement, a tenancy agreement, it's really the case that one person's name is on that agreement, even if a few people are sharing, uh, say, a house. How does that work in terms of when two or more people share a space? How does the, the sublet agreement work? Because some contracts, I understand, do offer the possibility of subletting. Ironically enough, there isn't really a structured way of um, of documenting these arrangements. Uh, it's much more built on practice uh, and um, and sort of just history of of these kinds of practices existing. And um, for example, uh, let's say if I'm the primary person or party on the contract, and I am, and I have four other roommates. It's not that I will necessarily have an agreement with each one of them who will have to pay me the rent. 
uh, in practice, I mean, legally speaking, and if you wanted to do things right, that's what you would want to do. But in practice, that's not really typical. Uh, instead, what happens is that I have that agreement with the landlord where I'm the party. But in fact, the, the five of us pay rent separate to the landlord. Uh, so it's not even that I necessarily collect the rent and then hand it over to the landlord. Uh, so legally speaking, the responsibility is on me to pay for the rent. But in practice, most of the time, uh, I'm just one of the tenants. And uh, each, but each one of the tenants has its own uh, relationship with the landlord, although in most cases they're not legally documented in the sense of there isn't really a contract between those, the remaining four le- tenants and the landlord. So let's say, for example, I was to rent out a villa that I uh, live in and I have a number of rooms that I could sublet to friends. Uh, Could I do that? So that's more of a traditional, classical uh, form of subletting. Mm. And uh, whether you can do it depends on your agreement with the landlord. Uh, The... uh, I guess what's what's often become known as the standard or the template uh, tenancy agreement in Dubai, for example, has a specific clause uh, that says sub- no subletting is allowed unless parties agree otherwise. Similarly, the Dubai rental law has a, uh, has a provision to that effect, which is no subletting is allowed unless parties agree otherwise. So in your case, or the example that you um, that you brought up, if you were the primary uh, uh, tenant of the property and you have the contract for that villa with your landlord, you would need to make sure that uh, there's a clause in there that the uh, the, la- uh, the landlord specifically allows uh, for the subletting. So in that case, what would happen, you, the responsibility uh, stays with you, and that is you are the one responsible for the entire rent for that property. Uh, but um, you can uh, sublet the other rooms and collect rent and, I guess, reimburse yourself uh, for the rent that you've paid to the landlord. But the landlord's relationship is really with you. Uh, But to make it legal, you really need to make sure that that is specifically stated in the contract. Because if you don't, and often this is what happens, if you don't do that, uh, then you can be evicted on the basis of uh, subletting illegally. And now there's another arrangement that uh, people, at least in the past, have done, and that is, let's say, the same example that you gave me is that uh, there's a contract that you have with the landlord where you are the, the tenant as per the contract, but in fact, you don't live in that property. Mm. Uh, you just rent it because um, you rent it, let's say, for 100,000 dirhams, and you decide to rent out those um, five rooms for um, you, for for 25,000, let's say, each and so you make a lot more money than what you pay. And these arrangements have been done quite a lot in the past. Uh, and in that particular case, so it's a different kind of subletting. And that uh, subletting is, um, is, is generally uh, frowned upon. And the law is quite specific that it's illegal unless there's a very specific uh, clause in the agreement uh, between you and the landlord allowing you to do that. Uh, but it's very difficult um, for landlords to then control that relationship because let's say, and those, and there have been many cases like that, uh, we've seen that somebody rents the property for, for 100,000 dirhams and then uh, sublets it to the, the other tenants and um, let's say recovers 200,000 dirhams but uh, pays to the, ten- to the landlord in two installments. So you've paid 50,000 dirhams to the landlord. You recovered from your... Uh, from your tenants, uh, let's say 200,000 dirhams, 
Uh, now, the other 50,000 dirham is still due to the landlord at mon- at the, on the six months. Uh, but by that time, you've left town. And so now the landlord in that case is stuck with uh, a bounce check, uh, the breach of an agreement with a party that's no longer in town is one complication. But more importantly, you have these, let's say, five people living in the villa, all of whom who, who have paid, all of whom yeah. have paid to... Uh, the um, to to the previous so called this sub sub landlord, <laughs> uh, so cases like this um, in the past were quite um, frequently seen, and because of that, landlords uh, generally speaking do not agree to uh, subletting uh, for that very reason. One final point, and I think it's worth remembering, we are guests, many of us expatriates in the UAE, guests in a city, a country where cultures coexist and allow people to live freely but the law of the land of course is sharia law so we do and are expected to respect the moral codes of the country and not abuse our rights and cohabiting is part and parcel of that well indeed but there is another twist to that uh, and that is um, uh, in terms of the penalties uh, that may uh, apply to opposite sex living and or cohabiting in the same mm. place and that is if the religion so if, for example, you have two non-Muslims living together, and that in itself is illegal, but at least it's not illegal under their, uh, under their religion, perhaps. Uh, but if you have two Muslims, a man and a woman, living in the same, uh, in the same, under the same roof and cohabiting, and then the repercussions or the penalties uh, applied to them uh, are much more severe. Now, as we go through this line of, of questions and, and um, commentary, uh, what's important to highlight is that these, what we're discussing here is the, the legal framework um, that uh, governs uh, cohabitation. Mm. In practical terms, it's not that uh, any time you have uh, two unmarried people living in the same uh, apartment, the, the police uh, will knock on the door and uh, the trouble starts. Uh, in, in practice, in fact, it's the opposite. Uh, many, many people in the UAE and in Dubai in particular, because it's probably the heaviest uh, populated um, emirate in terms of, in particular in terms of young people, they do live together, they cohabit for years and decades and nothing happens to them. Uh, so the practice exists, and but legally speaking, it's uh, if, if there is an inspection uh, or if somehow um, there's um, somebody is being reported, uh, then this is when uh, you know, when the authorities get involved. Authorities look at um, the legal framework that governs that particular relationship. So thing bec- things become a lot more formal in that case, and that's when. Uh, the sort of the, I guess the the horror stories that we we hear, uh, that's when they happen. But it's not that they happen on a daily basis. So and and this is this is why it's an important topic to discuss because, uh, especially those who are moving into the UAE or who are fairly new to the UAE, they know or they might have heard of many people who have been living together without any incidents, and for them, they don't understand. Uh, the conservative approach of some, uh, if um, uh, if they're being told that, listen, this is technically speaking, it's not legal, I don't want to do it because I don't want to run into trouble. The, those who are not familiar with the legal system here perhaps may think it's an, it's an, uh, you know, it's, it's overreaction. But in fact, uh, if you live here and, uh, you know, if, and if you want to be a law-abiding citizen, um, that is um, certainly 
prudent at least to know and understand uh, what um, what laws apply so that in the event anything happens, you at least are prepared to deal with the consequences. Cohabitation in the United Arab Emirates, the law. That's another edition of logical legal issues, legal news, and much more from the offices of Yamalova and Pleska weekly, either in a logical light, bite-sized, quick podcast, or in our slightly more detailed, full-length logical podcast. If you have a legal question you need answered in a future podcast, if you'd like a consultation with a qualified UAE-experienced legal professional, all you have to do is click the contact button at lylawyers.com. Plus, you can WhatsApp to 00971 525 1611.